Amen. So good to be with you this morning. And I've got a, a really, really exciting topic to speak about. And it's just something God has been speaking to me over the summer. And it's just about disruptive discipleship. And I think this morning has been a bit of an example of that, actually. I do. I feel like we maybe shouldn't have had me up to speak. We should have just carried on into the, into the mission of God and to commissioning people. I feel God wants to, to commission people afresh today. I want to think that God wants to raise expectation, but with it comes disruption. With being a disciple of Jesus, there's disruption in life. And things don't always go to the plan that you want them to go to. Sometimes God speaks in and sends you in a completely different direction. And that's the adventure and the excitement of being a disciple of Jesus. First of all, I, I want to honour a few people, though. I think, um, have we got the next slide? We had a, a, a week of doing advance, uh, which is where... Uh, and Becca led this. Becca's, that's who I'm honouring. Yeah, a wonderful person. But Becca got, works for the message as well, which originated in Manchester, but also works across uh, different areas of the UK. And Advanced Youth is where the youth gather together uh, and go out to advance the gospel on the streets. And they did a week of that just before. Um, I think we asked people to be involved and a number of people got involved in one of the events that we did and a, a couple of other things. But but that was disruptive discipleship. You had to make a choice to, to actually, no, I'm not going to do what I normally do. I'm going to make a choice to join something of what Jesus is doing. And I just really love the fact that we went out to the estate. We talked to people about Jesus. We, we got to uh, do rubbish collecting as well to clear up the, the area around us. And we, uh, we had conversations with Muslims out on the estate. It was I love that part, uh, just sharing Jesus with them and talking about the differences and so good. And we also helped someone move house, uh, someone we met on the estate. And the next day they had to move house, but they had no way of doing it. Uh, and Becca just connected with them. And then we went in and we just we helped them move house. And I just thought, you know, that is the kingdom of God. And we shared the gospel with her. We got to worship in her room. I think she has a Buddhist background, but actually she did have Christian books on her bookshelf. And there was some kind of history of faith within her. But I think it just awakened something fresh in her. But that took people to disrupt their time to go out onto the streets. Another couple I want to um, highlight now, I've got some more gruesome pictures than this, but this is Pete McCaffrey and NASA, wonderful men of God. <laughs> now, let me just explain what they're doing. Please don't. You don't want me to. I didn't put the picture up. But when all the youth were staying at the center, the toilets were used quite heavily. <clears throat> and the blockage happened quite, quite a lot, quite badly. And before the, we had a fun day or, or an open day where the gospel was being shared, where we invited the community, people from the food bank came and things, and people were sharing the gospel. But the toilets were completely blocked, completely blocked. And I took the drain cover off, and you don't want to know what happened down there. And I couldn't unblock it. Normally I can. And I had to call Pete McCaffrey like an hour before the event and be like, Pete, you've told me before you're quite good at this kind of thing. <laughs> He works in, in the building and things and, and has told me stories of gruesomeness. Um, 
But I just called him and he said, like, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And he just got in his van with his rods, came down. And then NASA, who's always a servant-hearted man, just yeah. kind of joined in and just came like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, can I help? Can I do this? And, uh, and it took quite a long time, but actually it, what, what their servant-hearted did, what their ability to be disrupted from their plans, they came along and spent an hour unblocking the drains of Trinity. We had to climb over, we had to climb over into Travis Perkins, we had to, you know, get in their drains as well. Sometimes it's a bit gruesome being a disrupted disciple, but actually that enabled the gospel to go forward. And so I just wanted to honour those people. If anyone is really interested, I took some more nasty photos than that. Um, you don't want to see it, Jill? Okay. Anyone else? You're welcome. Um, but I just wanted to go there before I talked about it because it's happening. And I've talked to people this morning who disrupt their lives to share the gospel, who, who take the time out to talk about Jesus with people, who, who, who allow their time to be shaped by him. Before I go there, I'm going to share some things from Matthew 8. Because in order to, to be a disciple that's willing to be disrupted, you need to know who Jesus is really clearly. And what Matthew 8 does is Matthew 8 really shows us that Jesus is Lord of all creation, visible and invisible. So the next slide is the, the slide that he is the Lord of the physical realm. And in Matthew 8, there's this story where there's a storm happening and the disciples are getting all stressed out and like, Lord, we're going to die. Jesus is fast asleep, resting in the boat. And Jesus is woken by the disciples and the disciples are like, Jesus, you've called us to go out. You've told us we're going to save, see, see your kingdom come in the whole world and yet we're going to die in this ship along with you. And they wake Jesus up. And Jesus says this, ye of little faith. <laughs> ye of little faith. Then he rose and he rebuked the winds and the waves and there was great calm. And the men, the disciples, marveled, saying, what sort of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Jesus is king over the physical world. He is the ruler and the reigning Lord over the physical. We see that in Matthew 14 as well with the feeding of the 5,000. Matthew 15 with the feeding of the 4,000. And we see it when he walks on water in, in Matthew 14 as well. Jesus is the Lord of the physical world. He reigns over it. He rules over it. Going back to Matthew 8, in the next slide, Jesus is the Lord of the spiritual realm. In Matthew 8, at the end, uh, 28 to 34, it talks about two demon-possessed men. And they're, they're, they're people who demons have come and lived inside and they can no longer talk and they can no longer speak, but they do cause a lot of trouble. And Jesus comes along and the demons cry out through the people, what have you to do with us, O son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. So he said to them, go. And they went. The demons obey Jesus. Every spiritual authority obeys Jesus. 
Jesus is Lord of every spiritual realm. Jesus is in charge and ruling and reigning over every spiritual thing. Jesus is the Lord of the physical and he's the Lord of the spiritual. And Matthew 8 goes on to say that he's also the Lord of health and life. Matthew 8, 1 to 4, where Jesus cleanses a leper. A great crowd is following and a leper comes up and he says, Lord, if you're willing, make me clean. And Jesus said, I am willing. And he held out a hand and he touched the leper and all the leprosy left him straight away. Jesus is the Lord of life. He is in charge and in control. And then there's another story of the faith of the centurion who comes up and his child is unwell. And uh, and he comes up and he says to Jesus, you can make him well. And Jesus says, your faith, your faith is outstanding. (laughs) Your faith is outstanding. Your child is well. And in that very moment, the child became well. And there's stories in Matthew 27 about the dead raising when Jesus was risen from the dead. There's stories, clearer stories in Luke 7, Luke 8 and John 11 of children being uh, awakened from the dead, people who've died and Jesus brings them back to life. Jesus is the Lord of life. And that is the, the foundation. And Matthew 8 is a really great place to go when you're feeling a bit disrupted because it just makes you think, The truth is that Jesus reigns. The truth is that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever and he reigns. That's how he was then. That's who he is now. He is the same yesterday, today and forever and he rules and reigns over all of his creation. Whether it looks like it or it does not look like it, Jesus reigns. I love how focused the worship was on Jesus, 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 Jesus. You make everything, you make the darkness tremble. You make light come into darkness. Jesus, Jesus, you're magnificent. And and that has to be our heart's cry. We have to be worshippers of Jesus. Because he is magnificent and he is glorious. And it sets us in a good place to be disrupted disciples. Now, it doesn't take a prophet or a prophetic word to realise that the UK at the moment is having some of its foundations ripped from under its feet. And that actually it's quite a disrupted place. You know, we have, so we've had Brexit, we've had the George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter stuff, we've had COVID, where we've had to go into lockdown, we've had uh, the government just kind of not giving us what they should really, not being honouring and and not earning our trust. We've had the cost of living crisis going on and just on Friday, the the Queen's death has happened. And and there's a lot of disruption within the very nature and making and being of the UK right now. So it's not difficult to feel like you're disrupted inside. Like there's chaos going on and you're like, oh, what's going on? What's here? Where's the stability? I got a text the other day from one of my friends going, you know, it's really crazy. A non-Christian guy and he just said, you know, the queen at least has been stable for the last 70 years, even when everything else has been unstable. He's an unbeliever. He doesn't believe in Jesus. but, But there's a lot of kind of disruption in our society right now. 
And I'm talking to a, a number of people who, who I do consider quite prophetic. And, and they're saying, you know, I just, I can't quite settle. I can't quite get peace. I, I'm asking for that peace, but I can't quite get that peace within me. And I think the more I've processed that, the more I've thought about that, I've thought, actually, maybe God doesn't want you to just sit in peace right now. As God's people, maybe he doesn't want you to just feel, oh, this is all peaceful, this is all easy. It's good to have a place to go to get his peace. But actually, he wants to rise something up inside of you. And I think he wants to use that unrest in order to drive us to be disrupted as his disciples. Because I think he wants to do a new thing in the UK. I think he wants to do a new thing. I think there is a new day for his kingdom to break out in the UK. I have faith and expectancy that God is doing a new thing. And I think this disruption is going to continue. I think there's going to be more disruption. And what he calls us to do is be his outposts on this earth. He wants us to be the bringers of his kingdom. He wants us to be the people where where people can look in and go, okay, I want to flock to that. I want to come to that. I want to see that. I want to know that person. That person is carrying something that I want, that I desire, that that I need. But we need to learn to be different as disciples. We need to learn to be different as Jesus' disciples from the world around us in order for people to see. I believe Matthew 6, I've been meditating on Matthew 6 quite a lot, and it says, seek first the kingdom of God and all other things will be added to you as well. And his righteousness, thank you. (laughs) Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all other things will be added to you as well. But I think we need to be a people who are, who are feeling this discomfort inside of us, this displacement inside of us, and we're, we're being driven to a place of prayer. We're being driven to a place of, God, what are you doing? What are you doing in this new season? God, let us see what you're about. Let us see what you're doing in this season, Lord. Open our eyes so that we can see, so that we can bring your kingdom in a new and fresh measure, so that we can be heaven on earth to people so that we can bring your heaven down. Lord, let us see. Let us see what you're about. The thing about uh, Ken and Sue Matthews, what they shared yesterday was they said, actually, we're not superheroes. We have just recognized what the Father is doing and we've partnered with him in what he's doing. And that's our heart's cry. Let us be people who partner with the Father in what he is doing on this earth today to bring his kingdom. You are called and appointed by Jesus to bring his kingdom in. To be his disciple on this earth. I think one of the things that he he wants you to learn in this season, or he wants me to learn at least, is how to rest. Now that seems to go against what I'm saying. But I think we need to be people who are learning to rest in his presence and have rest. God calls us to be people who aren't frantic, aren't frenetic, aren't just racing around, chasing our tails, trying to do everything all the time. But we trust that he's in control and that he's reigning, that he is doing something afresh, that he's about his business. And so we have to learn, you know, how to rest in this disrupted time. 
And that's what Matthew 8 did for me this week, which is why I brought it at the beginning, because I came back to Matthew 8, and in it I found rest for my soul. Christina was talking about trust and, uh, and, um, and truth, and she's obviously found some rest in John 3.16 this week, and the, the truth that God is the one, that he rose and that he reigns. The truth. I love coming into the place of worship because it gives us rest for our souls in a disrupted world. We have to be people who learn to rest in the presence of Jesus. But we also need to, to use it. So Matthew, Matthew 7 talks about effective prayer. And in my Bible, I've written, wake up and pray, just above it, because it says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. We need to be people who are crying out to God continually, continually going after him continually going after him for his kingdom to come. We have to be on our knees. We have to be wearing our knees out on our trousers. We have to be people who are crying out to the Lord. Lord, let your kingdom come. Keep on asking in whatever situation you are, whether it looks like it's going to happen or it looks like it's not going to happen. We have to be on our knees crying out, God, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let it come in my workplace. Let it come in my family. Let it come in the church. Let it come in the, the surrounding area. Jesus, let your kingdom come. And then often... Often in those moments is when God speaks. Often in those moments when we're crying out to him, we will hear the voice of God speaking in and giving direction to us. And we, yesterday we spoke in Upper Room Academy about Elijah and Elisha and about the call of Elisha. And Elijah comes up and uh, Elisha is uh, plowing the field. Elijah is a prophet in the Old Testament. Elisha was his understudy. But this is the point where Elijah comes and uh, gives an anointing or a calling to Elisha. And Elisha is just there plowing his field. He, he's plowing his field. And Elijah comes up and he puts his cloak upon him. And the meaning of that is, you know, you are now going to be my understudy. I'm giving you the, the authority here. And Elisha, what he does is he breaks the plows that he's used to work and he burns the plows and then he kills the animals and he uses the fire that he's burning the plows with to cook the animals and he gives it out as a declaration to say, okay, God has spoken, I am going to follow him and I'm not going to go back to what was. The disciples is a similar call. You look at how the disciples are called. And Jesus comes along and he says, hey, fishermen, they're there cleaning their nets on the shore after a night of fishing. And he says, hey, fishermen, come and follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And the disciples get up and they follow him. They hear the voice of the Lord and they follow him and are obedient to what he says. 
And it happens with the, the, the disciples known as the sons of thunder, the sons of Zebedee, the, the, the <coughs> I've forgotten their names actually, James and John, thank you. And they, they do the same thing and they just get up, they leave what they were doing in order to go after what God has called them to. They listen to the voice of God and they're obedient. Matthew, the same. You read it in in the Gospel of Matthew, but Matthew is a tax collector and he's probably making a lot of money. I imagine he's filthy rich. Jesus comes up up along him. He's there in his tax booth. He's probably heard something of Jesus and his magnificence. And he says, Matthew, come and follow me. What does Matthew do? He leaves his tax booth and he follows Jesus. He leaves the wealth and the riches of this world in order to follow the voice of God. So good. And I think, I think there's people in here who are having the call of God upon them at the moment. I think there's people who are hearing the voice of God whisper in, I'm asking you to do something new. And I think there's people in here who are saying, actually, I'm not, I'm not totally sure I want to give up what I was doing or what I am doing in order to follow that voice. Because there'll be a cost. It'll be disruptive. It's not what I had planned for my life. It's not what I had as a dream or a vision for my life. But I think God is calling you to be disrupted. I think God is stirring something afresh within us to be disrupted for him. I want to ask a question because Jesus in his commission to us said, go, go and make disciples of all nations. Can I ask a question? Does anyone feel called to the nations? called to go to another nation. That's what I mean. Hastings, hands up. Fantastic. Anyone else? Dee Dee, Stella, called to the nations. I know the nations can come here. That is not what I mean. I do not mean the nations here. I mean the call to go to the nations. Bruno. So if those people, can I ask you to stand? If you feel called to another nation. This is so good. I would just love some people to gather around them now and to lay hands and to fan into flame something of what God is speaking to them about. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus come, Jesus come, Jesus come. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus come. Come in your power, Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you for this, this call, Lord Jesus, to go into all the nations, Lord Jesus. I thank you that it takes an obedient step, Lord Jesus. It's an active word, Lord Jesus, to go into all the nations, Lord. I thank you for your people in here who are stirred for the nations, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, anoint your people afresh today, Lord Jesus. 
Anoint your people, Lord Jesus. I pray that you'll be speaking in, Lord. I pray for your voice to be very clear, Lord Jesus, to go here and to do this. And, to, and I pray for an obedient heart on each of your disciples here, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come in your power, Lord Jesus. Let this, let this not be a man-made thing, but let this be a, a birthing of the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come and speak in, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lords. Thank you, Lords. Yeah, Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Jesus, come. And is there anyone else in here who feels not called to go to nations, but they're feeling a, a stirring or a word from the Lord that they're called to something afresh for the next season. Christina, good. Jonathan, Maria. For the next season ahead, something new, something fresh. Mm. Again, I'd love you just to stand if that's you. Mm, come on, Jonathan and Chris, Maria, mm. yeah, Lord, I, I want to pray over Jonathan and Chris now, Lord Jesus, in this stirring for a new season, Lord Jesus. I want to pray your power upon them, Lord Jesus. I pray for your equipping spirit, Lord Jesus, to, to equip them with all that they need, Lord Jesus. I pray for faith to arise in them, Lord Jesus. I pray for your, the spirit of the sovereign Lord to be upon them, Lord Jesus, to speak into their situation. I pray for your voice, Lord Jesus, to be heard. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would you would equip them, Lord Jesus, to take the kingdom out, Lord Jesus. I pray that they would know your equipping hand, Lord Jesus. I pray for a boldness and a braveness over them, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, come. I want to pray for Maria, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the season that you've got her in, Lord. Let your kingdom fall upon her, Lord Jesus. Let her see with the eyes of heaven, Lord Jesus. Let her eyes be open to what you have planned, Lord. Let her know your commissioning, Lord Jesus, the fact that your Holy Spirit will do it with her, that she's empowered by you, Lord God. I pray that you'd anoint her tongue to speak to people as they come to her home, Lord. I pray for a voice. She'd know she has a voice to speak in, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus, come. I pray that you'd use her weaknesses, Lord God, and you would use them, Lord God, to show people your strength. Come, Abba Father. Come, Abba Father, come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mm. I think the Lord is going to continue over this next term to, to stir things up in us. And I want to be encouraging you as a people to be listening to the voice of God to be listening to him. I think some of it will feel a bit disruptive and think, oh God, I don't think I want to do that. 
But I think as disciples of Jesus, you will see the glory of God fall as you're obedient to him. These disciples that gave up their fishing nets, they saw magnificent things on this earth. They saw the glory of the Lord coming. And if they hadn't done that, we wouldn't be here today. No one would be worshipping him today if people didn't give up and follow him. Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Lord, let our hearts be obedient to you. <laughs> let our hearts be stirred for you, Lord. I want to pray over this area, Lord Jesus. Let your kingdom come in Barnet, Lord. Yeah. Let us see saved souls, Lord Jesus. Let us see transformed lives, Lord Jesus. Let revival come, Lord. Let it come through us, your people, that you send, Lord Jesus. I pray for our neighbours, Lord. I pray for friendships to develop this term, Lord Jesus. I pray for coincidental bumping into people and conversations that turn to gospel fruitfulness, Lord Jesus. Lord, we know that we are partnering with you for this place, Lord. Come and use us, Lord Jesus. We're so hungry to see your kingdom come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Mm. And just as I was worshipping, I'm going to Hastings in the band if you could come up. But in the, in the worship time, I, I saw a picture of, uh, I was holding my hands out, and I saw a picture of a sword. But the sword felt like it, it, was, it had been damaged. And it was broken and it was, but actually it had been welded back together. It had been brought back together. And it was made stronger because of the welding. And I feel like God is calling some people. You might feel broken, but God is transforming your life. God is mending you. God is working on you. We are all a work in progress in the Lord. He is working. He is in there. But he will use those weaknesses in order to bring his kingdom. He will use those weaknesses in order to show his glory as he transforms you from one degree of glory to another. It's his strength and his power. Can I hand over to Hastings just to, and Shane and Nathan just to, to lead us in a response of worship? But let's just be wholeheartedly in with Jesus. Let's be so willing to have our lives just disrupted by him for the sake of his kingdom and his glory. Come, Lord Jesus, come.